0: Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I have Elaine Westcott on with me. Elaine is a certified holistic nutrition consultant and period peacemaker who helps women and people with menstrual cycles to heal from physical and emotional pain surrounding their cycles. So welcome to the show, Elaine.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Andrea. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: Yes. So I want to know a little bit more. Um, we actually got to talk a couple of weeks ago now um, via Zoom. And so I kind of got to know you, but I would love to know more about you. Cause I don't know if I know a ton uh, about your background. And I was kind of reading through your bio. I was like, oh, you did biology research. So can you tell us just a little bit more about yourself and how you got interested in menstrual health?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I was a biology major in college. I was really interested in bees actually. Um, bees and beekeeping. And so <laughs> that's kind of seems like a really far, um, a far cry from nutrition, but I've kind of always been interested in why people do what they do. Um, and specifically, I was interested in why people would bother keeping bees in a city. Um, so I interviewed beekeepers in Paris and London to, you know, learn more about that. So that's kind of my, my um, experience with science research um, in college. And yeah, and I, I, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I was working for a science research journal. So again, I'm no, I'm no stranger to reading papers. Um, I kind of like to nerd out on stuff. Um, and then I was working in the corporate world for a while, got laid off and found nutrition school. And I've kind of been here ever since.
0: Mm, I love that. And my my aunt and uncle are beekeepers. So Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, they're
1: they're fun people all over the world. I've I've met beekeepers all over the world and they're all, they're all kind of fun and quirky and they just, they own it. It's great. Yes.
0: Yes, I know that was their second um, career because they both are retired teachers and they just decided to do beekeeping and that's where I get my honey from. It's delicious. So I know very nice. (laughs) So I would like to know a little bit more, um, you know, kind of about that science background and now with, you know, menstrual health. And I know you wanted to talk a little bit about like the spirituality and magic and how kind of you've built that bridge between your science, you know, knowledge and wisdom that you learned from college. And then now, you know, into that spiritual realm and the magical realm. Um, how does that kind of, um, go together, I guess.
1: That is such a good question. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Maybe it's because we just had Halloween when we're recording this, and there's a lot of talk around ancestral wisdom um, and connecting with ancestors at the Halloween time, the Samhain time. Um, but yeah, so in college, I was a biology major. I was, you know, all my friends were science majors, um, a lot of them were pre med. and I was kind of the one in my friend group who went to yoga and <laughs> taught my friends yoga and I went out to the field and meditated and I was kind of that friend in college um, and so I think kind of my, my, uh, my uh, portal, you could say, into the, the world of spirituality and such was through yoga. Um, I'm not as much into practicing yoga anymore. I do occasionally because it feels good and I find it fun. Um, But yeah, so then in in recent years, I've just kind of leaned into that side of myself more. I've learned more about um, spirituality and learned more about Um, concepts around the divine feminine, and it just really clicks for me. There's something about it that just feels so good and resonates for me. Um, I'm also a fan of Sarah Jenks and her message in the world and how, um, yeah, and how women um, are, you know, women have so much power when we realize you know we've been brainwashed by the patriarchy and we can we can reclaim our power um and yeah segueing that into my work it is so incredible to see how women can heal themselves uh, um when they realize you know that they have so much power and that the, the patriarchy in a way is is keeping them stuck, keeping them hurting, keeping them suffering. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my, that was my bridge there. It is really interesting when you think about holding science in one hand and then, you know, a little bit of woo-woo stuff in the other hand. And I know you've talked about this with some of your previous guests, which I think is is really cool. And obviously you do this in your work as well. Um, I think it's really fascinating that we can, we can hold these two things that seem to be mutually exclusive, but yet they both I think are very important for healing. We need to understand on the one hand, you know, for example, how to cure ourselves of leaky gut or how to, how to heal um, the small intestinal layer. Uh, so that we have you know we can reduce our autoimmune systems or sorry reduce our autoimmune conditions um, allergies etc but on the other hand we also need to understand how um, we need to be able to take up space in our homes in our families in our communities in our work and we need to be able to you know understand what our needs are and take time for ourselves and perhaps connect to a higher power of some sort. And those two just seem to go together really well.
0: Yes. There's so many, I mean, like I was writing down different directions. I wanted to take this um, after what you just said, but I think the first area I want to kind of explore is, um, I know you'd mentioned the patriarchy and I don't know if I've mm-hmm. asked, talked about it on the show. So if someone's new and that could be a new term or they've heard it thrown around, can you, um, just like maybe a brief description of what the patriarchy might look like?
1: Oh, that is so good. Let's see. Okay. I'll be as brief as I can. <laughs> Cause it is, it is so big. Most of us don't even know we're in it. So yeah, you could think of it like in a little bit, it's like the matrix you're in it and you don't know you're in it. Um, The patriarchy basically is this idea that um, our, our world, our society was created by, by men um, in, in order to, uh, and it serves to perpetuate, you know, male power. and. Yes, this is kind of a gender binary thing, but we're talking like very, very old, very, 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 very old patterns. Um, so yeah, and this, this is kind of all over the world in many cultures. Um, and what, what we do when we're talking about dismantling the patriarchy is, um, and this is something that we who call ourselves feminists also um, is, is one of our goals, is to not to make men and women, um, I, I don't know, you, you could say we want to make them equal. Um, but in a way, I also think men and women and people of all genders are kind of inherently different. Um, so what we want to do is make sure they have the same opportunities, um, that they're encouraged to, um, you know, follow whatever paths they want to take, that they're not hindered from expressing themselves. Um, Oh gosh, Andrea might have to help me out. This is such a big topic. (laughs) How do I narrow it down? Um, Yeah. And then just, and then just to be really clear, it's not, it's not like just women are, um, feel the detrimental effects of patriarchy, men do as well. It's it's that structure that basically keeps some of us down and some of us up. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Yeah, what we want to do is make things fairer.
0: One thing that was kind of coming to mind, um, you know, that kind of even ties into our hormonal health, um, is, you know, the 24 hour day, like work day, you know, Mm -hmm. it's set up for a man's hormones because men's Mm -hmm. hormones, they schedule their meetings, talk all of that stuff when their hormones are the highest, usually in the morning, and then they feel that dip of energy, um, usually after work. So they go to happy hour. Like that's why happy Mm -hmm. hours kind of started. Um, whereas our hormones Mm -hmm. are on 28 days. And so we have... (laughs) all over the place. That's why we are all over the place. Always. As we were talking before this, I'm like, I'm low energy. I'm right before I will start my bleed. So, you know, I'm a little bit down today, energy wise, whereas in a couple of weeks I will be back up. And so that's, I guess that's one way um, that I could say that the patriarchy is kind of set up in like the male's world where we're, we're still living in it. We're, we're in it. Um, and then I guess if you listened to Viennie Lee's podcast, we chatted a little bit about um, you know, how we can make ourselves, um, I don't want to say fit into that world, but how we can get ourselves to, um, thrive better. I think, you know, just because our hormones are up and down and how, how can we honor our bodies and where we are at, um, during different times of our cycles. So I don't know Would that does that help a little
1: too. Oh yeah. That's, (laughs) that's great. Um, yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned the cycling thing as well. Um, because yeah, I used to work in the corporate world and it was very nine to five. Um, yeah, I was expected, you know, everybody's expected to show up the same every day. Um, and some days I just wasn't feeling it, but I didn't know why I thought, you know, I, I need to try harder. I need to stay later to make up for the fact that I wasn't as productive today. Um, I, I had no idea that you know, maybe that's because I'm about to start my period tomorrow. So obviously I'm a little tired. Um, I didn't know that I was allowed to be different every day of the month. Um, and it was such a revelation to finally learn that I'm allowed to be different every day of the month. I'm allowed to show up differently. I'm allowed to feel differently. I'm allowed to, you know, have different, um, Amount of creativity or productivity. Um, that's another big one. That's another big part of the patriarchy is that we have been taught that our value, uh, our value as people is connected to how productive we are. And that is absolutely not a feminist idea that that is that does not serve us who cycle. Um, yeah, that that concept is really incompatible with, with those of us with a menstrual cycle. So, um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of what I do with my clients as well is trying to help them realize that they can, that they are allowed to take time when they need it. Um, they're also allowed to, you know, be really big and bright and bold and out there when they feel like it around their ovulatory phase, for example. Um, but yeah it's really the yeah the patriarchy is really kind of permeated into into yeah you could say it's permeated into health as well um oh yeah it's fascinating we we could talk about this all day <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and and i think if someone's listening and they're like oh does this mean like all men are bad and that's not as you had said earlier cuz i think sometimes we can get stuck in that like you you mm-hmm. hear that and then people just are like oh you're just you know, hating on men. That's not, that's not at all what the patriarchy is. You know, it's, it is just the whole system. And, um, you know, as you had said, we're all participating in it. Um, right. So, and that's where I think we're kind of all starting to say, Oh, why was this system exactly. built? You know, is this still serving us? And, um, definitely if you want to hear more about that, I, I mean, Sarah Jenks is a great resource for, um, diving a little bit deeper into. The patriarchy and matriarchy mm-hmm. and um just kind of understanding the differences so uh, thank you for bringing that up um yeah. one of the other topics that i that you that you just said um was about the woo woo so i know mm-hmm. that's actually my second most downloaded podcast was a solo episode i did about how to start exploring the woo and that was oh gosh probably three years ago um and I have no idea what I said, but it must be decent. I think i hope I've grown since then, but I would love for you to kind of talk about this. Cause I think sometimes we get stuck in like, where do I, where do I start? You know, like I mm-hmm. might be interested in some of the, the magical that you're talking about and the spiritual, um, you know, and connecting it all to our bodies. But sometimes I think we get shy, intimidated. Um, nobody else in our life is doing that. So, um, how can people kind of start exploring, you know, this, this side of themselves?
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. Well, there are, there are a couple of routes you could take to, to kind of start exploring um, a, a different side of yourself. One thing that occurs to me right away is to start noticing what we call synchronicity or start, you know, start noticing coincidences. Um, Start noticing when something happens perfectly just the way you want it, or when something surprises you, but it it turns out just right. Or um, if you, I don't know, keep seeing a certain bird all day long or something. And as we, you know, I obviously I <laughs> I'm a scientist, so I'm not gonna say like because you see a hawk, it means this is absolutely gonna happen. I, I myself don't believe that, but I do feel like there's something that happens when we experience awe and when we kind of acknowledge like, ooh, there might be something else going on here and that's kind of cool. Um, and you feel in that moment kind of like the world is on your side. Um, so if, if for no other reason, you could kind of look at that and be like, oh, that's pretty cool. That kind of validates my feelings right now, whatever that is. Um, Another thing that I think is so powerful, especially for those of us who feel really busy or stressed or like we have, you know, we're overwhelmed with responsibilities, um, whether it's for family or work or, um, yeah, even even a health condition. um, it's so important that we make time for ourselves to be quiet and still, because that is the thing that will allow us to really connect with our intuition and see what is working for us and what's not. Um, Now, our world, <laughs> this is part of the patriarchy, our world does not praise us. We don't get a gold star for, you know, sitting quietly and thinking. Um, we get gold stars for working really hard and being really busy. So we want to kind of flip that idea. We want to say it's so important. It is such a beautiful act of self-care. When you make time for yourself to be quiet and still with your thoughts, Um And so that I think is one great way that you can kind of open the door to exploring um, a more spiritual side of yourself because it takes time. Um, And if you, you know, no matter what you decide to do, what, no matter what you decide to incorporate into your life, whether that's um, meditation, whether that is, I don't know, pulling, you know, Oracle cards or whether that is journaling, it could be anything. You're going to need time in your day for that. So you got to find a time in your day, maybe just 15 minutes to start with. And that is your time. Claim it, own it, defend it fiercely, (laughs) but with love, right? Um, And by creating that special time for yourself, That is going to enable you, you know, something wonderful to come into that space. But if you don't have time, if you're waking up and immediately checking your phone and then, you know, zooming off to the next thing and all day long, just rushing, there's going to be no space for you to explore anything, you know, anything going on in your head or your heart. Mm. So, yeah, those are the two things I can think of off the top of my head.
0: Oh, yes. I mean, I can totally echo the stillness because- um, I usually try to like take off, uh, you know, usually when uh, day 25, 26 of my cycle until I'm done bleeding off of social media. And mm-hmm. I find when I do that, I have a better period the next month. Cause it just, I can release and I can actually hear messages coming through when I'm bleeding. Cause that's a really strong intuitive time in our cycles. Um, but when I don't, I definitely pay the price the next month. Cause then I just get in the busy and then it's hard for me to take that break the next month. Like, I feel like, no, I need to, I need to keep going and keep pushing. Um, so I, I, I think that's so, so important to take that stillness, especially because our phones can be so addictive and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard for us to kind of get away from them. So I think that stillness piece is definitely needed. And um, you know, sometimes hard, cause I think a lot of the times yes. we don't want to sit in stillness because we, we're afraid of what we're going to find or we just don't know what to do with our, ourselves. Have you ever found that?
1: Yes. I'm so glad you said that. I was just going to follow up with that, but you beat me to it. Yeah. There, I feel this so frequently. Um, I love podcasts. So I pretty much always have a podcast going all day long. Um, yep. And we done that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um Sometimes I have the thought, you know, maybe it would be good for me to have some silence right now. Um, maybe, you know, maybe that would feel really nice, but I really don't want to because there's a thought that I'm avoiding and I really don't want to feel that right now. Or there's, um, or there's something I know I need to be doing, something I'm procrastinating on, for example, or something that's worrying me, but I really don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. don't want to touch it. So I keep myself busy, keep myself, you know, consuming Mm -hmm. things, whether that's consuming a magazine, consuming blog, consuming Instagram, consuming podcasts, consuming food, consuming relations, like in order so that I don't have to think about what's going on in my head. Um, And there are times for sure where the thing that's going on is just so big, we can't deal with it. And we need to use whatever you know, the best kind of coping strategies we have to get through that. Hopefully that's not um, Hopefully, that's not a regular thing though. Um, yeah, but it is, it's what's really, I think what's really powerful for people is to just notice when you have those thoughts, like I need to listen to something, I need to scroll, I need to read, I need to talk to someone, I need to eat something, just check in and notice Are you doing that because there's something you're trying to avoid and then when you're ready you can start kind of exploring what that is um and over time it will be it will be a perhaps a healthier relationship with with all of those things
0: Mm. yes yeah i love i love that and um uh one of the things that I, i i saw on your website that i thought was great and kind of steers into this um this conversation was you had talked about um, when you work with clients that you put them in the driver's seat. And I would love for you to chat a little bit more about um, that philosophy, because I think it does tie into us getting to know ourselves a little bit better.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I went to school for holistic nutrition. And in holistic nutrition school, we learn that everybody is different. We call it bio-individuality. And, you know, some people um, are allergic to kale, right? Some people are allergic to eggs. Some people are, um, some people for whatever reason, you know, have an issue with, oh gosh, uh, I don't know, carrots or something, right? So one man's um, uh, medicine is another man's poison. So everybody is different just on that very fundamental level. When you look at another level beyond the kind of biochemical level, everybody has different life experiences. um, And some people are going to respond better to thinking of, um, so instead of, you know, say I'm working with somebody and I suspect they have a gluten sensitivity, I don't want to use the word diet or eliminate um, because uh, I know that those words can be very triggering for folks. So what I do is I encourage them to, you know, go out and find an abundance of gluten-free recipes that they can, you know, get really excited about and, you know, start their mouth watering over it, right? So that they feel so supported by all of the abundance there. and they're not in this kind of lacking uh, scarcity mindset. I think that is so 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 critical. Um, another thing is that I never tell anybody what to do. Um, first of all, I'm not a doctor, so I'm legally not allowed to do that. But second of all, it works much better. People get better results when they realize that they want to do the thing for themselves, and when they realize what their why is, you know, why they're here, why they called me. Um. um yeah. So, so yeah, those are just a couple of reasons why I think we need to really let the client, you know, guide us in what, in what they're looking for and how to get there. Um, yeah, yeah. It's really fascinating.
0: Mm. Now if someone's listening and they're like, Oh, I really, cause I've, I've had this conversation with a friend, um, Because I always am talking about listening to your body, and I remember she had said, "I know you you preach this all the time, but really, like, how how do you do that?" So if someone's listening and they feel they're like, "Well, man, I don't even know, I don't know where to start, or I don't know how to listen to my body," do you have any tips for um, them for maybe how how can they tune in?
1: Yeah, for sure, that's such a great question. So um, I'll bring up the idea of intuitive eating um, that. Term that concept has become really popular recently, and for good reason. Um, I love the idea that we that we can eat intuitively, and we can um, begin to become more comfortable with knowing what what is a good fit for our bodies in that moment. Um, but I also think that if you were to just you know walk down the street and tell someone, "Listen to your body," they probably won't know what to do. And they'll probably feel confused. Yeah, like like you were saying, like, I don't know what my body is saying to me because we've been told forever, you know, not to trust our bodies, for example. Um, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a family where I had to sit at the table and finish my glass of milk and finish my peas um, before I was allowed to leave the table. So, and I know my parents were doing that from a place of love and wanting me to be nourished and not wanting to waste food. Um, but what I learned from that was that I don't know what I need. I don't know what food I need. I don't know what food I like. I need to have somebody else tell me what I like and what's good for me. Um, so if people are saying they don't know how to listen to their body, it's, it's kind of no surprise because, um, yeah, there, there are so many people out there telling you what to do. There's so many, Gorgeous photos of ins- on Instagram, you know, talking about the latest fad shake or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see people doing it and we kind of want to try it. But yeah, I guess what I would say is for somebody who is really trying to figure out what um, what they need. You have to start small, um, start with just noticing you know, whenever you eat your next thing, um, first of all, it helps if you're kind of physically slow while you're doing this. If you're not like zooming around the kitchen or driving or something, if you're sitting at a table, perhaps with your family or on your own and you take your first bite or actually even before that, if you smell your food, does it smell good? Does your mouth water when you look at it and when you smell it? Right. If the answer is no, then it, it may not be the right food for you. Um, and I know there's, there's so many reasons for that. It could be because it's cold outside and you're, you have a salad in front of you or, um, or, it's, or it's not the right food for your body type, uh, for your constitution. I know you talk a lot about that in Ayurveda. Um, but yeah, so if somebody is able to just start to notice, like when I eat this, how does it make me feel? Am I excited about it? Do I want more? Um, And if you make a regular practice at that, that is how you learn to eat. Um, You learn to eat, you know, in in tune with what your body needs. Now, um, I know that I, I also believe that in order to really take care of yourself, you need another layer. It's, I think we need a little more than just um, being able to listen to our body and say, for, for instance, like my body told me it wanted three pints of Ben and Jerry's um, because while we may, while we may want that in that moment, if we feel bad later, um, if we feel physically sick later, that perhaps is, is a clue that it wasn't really an intuitive thing. So there's, so there's some, you know, some learning we have to do. We have to get curious. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to, we're going to think things and they're going to be not, not really the right. We're going to be barking up the wrong tree. We're going to, you know, it takes time and we just have to remember to be resilient with ourselves, Um, be gentle with ourselves. And we, we are resilient and um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of my, my spiel on that.
0: Yeah. And that's all just feedback. I mean, if it, if it right. yes. doesn't go great, you're like, okay, that's feedback noted. Probably don't do that again. Right. Or there are times where I'm like, so for me, like ice cream, not, not great at digesting, but if I'm out with my son and like, it's a special afternoon and we want to go get some, I just know, okay, I'll have a little bit and I might pay for this later. Um, and that's, I'm willing to, to do that. Or sometimes I just, yeah. gotta cup of coffee instead but you know like that's yeah. kind of like you you make those compromises and you make those choices um the more that you get that feedback because then you can set yourself up for success so I love that yes it's just taking notes on yourself so
1: yep yep
0: it's um, like you're oh yeah I was just no, gonna go say it
1: um yeah another great way to look at this um something that I tell folks perhaps who have a history of, of disordered eating or eating disorders um is to just look at this you know kind of from an outsider eye, kind of like from a bird's eye view, like, huh, okay, she had that, hmm, didn't feel so good. Okay, interesting. I'm gonna write that down in my little explorer's notebook. And just to kind of have that curiosity, um, that kind of helps to give us a little bit of distance um, and can help it feel safer, less triggering, um, and really ultimately we'll learn more and be able to um, implement the things that we've learned.
0: I love it. So if someone's listening and they want to know, like, how can I, how can I work with Elaine? Can you tell us about your period peacemaker program?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I, right now I work with clients one-on-one and I am really also excited to announce that I am opening a group program. It's a small group program. So I am, I'm limiting it to, um, to a smaller group in order to keep it cozy and intimate for us starting in January it's called the period peacemaker and it's really interesting it's a hybrid model so you'll get one-on-one time with me you'll also get um, group phone calls with with this other wonderful group of women and um, we're going to talk all about you know basically how to make peace how to make peace with your period in different areas of your life and all the, thing, all the areas of your life um, that you can approach this topic through. So we'll talk about nutrition, of course, one of my favorite topics, um, how to, you know, some nutritional supports as you go through your cycle, self-care practices, whether that's, you know, physical self-care um, or, you know, spiritual, emotional self-care things that maybe you can do in your relationships to, um, to yeah, to support your relationships at different points in your cycle, um, different movement practices or exercise. And I'm so excited that we're going to get to team up on that. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to, uh, to help women learn how to move, um, or how, how they might enjoy moving at different points in their cycle. Um, cause yeah, we, it doesn't have to be <laughs> like self-flagellation. It can be fun. Yes.
0: Um,
1: yes. And yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited for this. We're going to go for the length of about one moon cycle together, which is roughly a month. So, so yeah, we're going to go through the whole thing together and I'm, I'm so excited about it. If you want to learn more, you can, um, Go to the link in the show notes. That's periodpeacemaker.com.
0: Perfect. And I will put that there. Uh, is there anywhere else that people can connect with you at?
1: Yeah. So I am on Instagram at Elaine.westcott. Um, and also my website, ElaineWestcott.com. But yeah, you can go to either of those places and yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to hear from you. So yeah. <laughs> Get in touch.
0: I love it. I love it. So, when I have guests on, I ha- like to do one um, final question and I have you throw out a weekly challenge to all the listeners. Um, so, what would you like that challenge to be this week?
1: Yeah. So, I think I would love to kind of circle back to the when we we're talking about um, uh, meeting our own needs. So, one thing that I always talk about with my clients is we need to fill up our own cup first before we can help others. You cannot pour from an empty cup, kind of like they say on the plane, you need to put your own oxygen mask on before, your other, before others. And this can seem selfish at first glance, but if you flip it over, you'll see, no, when I have my self-care time, when I feel nourished and whole and full and vibrant and alive or, or rested, um, I can, I can be better in the world. I can be a better version of myself in the world. I can give more fully. I can, you know, be more creative. I can be a better mom, sister, wife, husband, cousin. Um, so yeah, my challenge would be to see how you can find a way to put your own needs first a little more of the time. Um, yeah, I'd say 25% more of the time.
0: Perfect. Yeah, down. something doable. Yes, and, and I I think it is so important because I know, I mean, as, as a mom, like to put on your own oxygen mask before your child's like that's, that's tough, but that's kind of what you have to do every day if you don't make that space. Otherwise, um, well, this is another tangent. I'll talk about that later because um, <laughs> I don't want to end the show going down a tangent, but I, I, I think there is a, well, I'll just say it right now, but the, the mommy culture with like wine at the end of the day, mm. like that might be somehow connected to not making time for yourself again, yeah. not in every case, but I think maybe in some cases that, that might, that might be a correlation, um, that just kind of dawned on me as, as we were chatting yeah. but I, in friends that I know. Yeah. If it does, it does make a difference just make a little bit of time for yourself. Um, and and to give yourself that time and to know that you're, you're worthy of getting that time. Yes. Perfect challenge. Perfect challenge, Elaine. Um, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and, um, finishing the year 2020 strong with our podcasting. So thank you.
1: Yay. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Andrea. I'm, I'm really excited to see to see what the future holds for us.
0: Yes. Yes. And everyone go out there and spread your peaceful power.